Welcome back to the Internet Computer Report. This is episode number 10, where we are going to be covering Mercury, or the initial public launch of the Internet Computer. Now, along with this release, we got an over-hour-long document from founder Dominic Williams, and if you don't have time to read that, we're going to be covering all the major points uh, in this podcast, especially the things that we haven't seen before. So, Andrew and I are going to cover a, a lot of topics, but this starts off with the new commitment to openness we're seeing from the Divinity Foundation. So, uh, before Genesis, we learned that all of the software logic is going to be opened up to the community. We also learned for the first time what the hardware infrastructure of the internet computer is going to look like, and particularly what that means if you plan on hosting a node for the internet computer. We learn a little bit about how some of these points are going to help democratize the internet in a way that we haven't seen before. We also look at some tweets covering Mercury uh, from community members as well as Dominic Williams himself. And then we briefly cover a lot of the events that happened uh, in the internet landscape in recent weeks and particularly connect that to what we learned about Definity's governance mechanism. Uh, from this post and why it's so important. And then finally wrapping up is an overview of the 20-year roadmap that we for the first time got as a concrete plan uh, for taking on big tech from Definity. So before we get into it, I do want to cover a bit of housekeeping. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're looking at our newly launched website, icp.report. And there's really nothing on here yet, but we do plan on putting blogs unrelated topics in the future, but for now it's a good way to find all our social accounts and particularly Twitter is a great way to reach us. And uh, on one last note, this is our first time doing an intro, so do let us know what you think of this, particularly the music. If it makes you cringe, uh, we have to figure that out right away so we can fix it for you. All right, let's get into it. All right, everyone. So we have reached Mainnet. The internet computer is officially live launched on December 18th, 2020. In addition to the mainnet though, we also received a 67 minute medium article written by Dominic Williams, an absolute manifesto. He goes into the 20 year outlook and roadmap of Definity and the internet computer in the vision. Really, really great read. And today we're gonna to be breaking that down. In addition to that, we're also gonna be going over some of the community members comments and thoughts on it as well. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a big time for the community. We've been waiting somewhere around three years for this, some people even more. And it doesn't mean a tremendous amount uh, for people outside the developer community, but we are taking the team on their word for what's going on and the developers are seeing the, the live mainnet and the few network nervous system neurons that are actually into action. So concepts that we've been hearing about for years finally uh, come to fruition. Now, <clears throat> yeah, this was a really long document that uh, Dominic came out with, and it, you know, it's it's definitely worth a read. It's inspiring. It, it covers a tremendous amount, but it's mostly for newcomers, I think. And it takes a lot of the the biggest components of blog posts we've seen before, mm -hmm. and puts them all together. So, to, yeah, today we're going to be talking about yeah. the most important parts of that, and trying to stick to things that are news that we haven't mm -hmm. heard before. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so and you know, obviously, if you've if you you know if you've been following Defini for a long time, you know, the blog post is going to mention a lot of things that we already know. But one of the biggest takeaways that we saw from the beginning of it is this, um, this move to openness. So, and actually I'll just give you a 
quote right from the beginning. So he says, fresh from the holidays after multiple parties, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he goes on, he talks about Genesis, and he's saying that the computer pro the internet computer project he's, has the last remaining gates, and it has a rapid ramp up to Genesis, which includes, but are not limited to Definity's foundation, rela uh, releasing all related source code, that's a huge one, uh, that is not yet public domain, and the release of, of technical and design information pertaining to the internet computer protocol. So we're gonna be learning about chain key, chain key technology and pretty much all aspects. And this is gonna be, there's obviously gonna be documentation that's gonna be for everyone to be able to read and to kind of understand these complex uh, concepts. Yeah, and this is, this is an absolutely huge deal. So we, we've been almost uh, saying this is yeah. like broken <laughs> records. We're really worried that all these secret computer science ideas that have uh, been hidden from the community that's kind of antithetical to what the rest of the crypto projects are doing. It's mm -hmm. finally coming out and it's happening a lot sooner than we expected. So we know we're just going to hold the Divinity Foundation to it, that they're going to open up everything uh, finally, and it's going to happen before Genesis, which is when they mint the first block, and then the coin comes out, and the network nervous system goes live. Uh, so that's certainly a big deal, and I, I'm super excited. When those tech, technical documentations come out, I'm going to be reading them, and we're going to be reviewing them yeah. on this channel. And they especially said in the first time, this, this is the first time I've seen the Divinity Foundation mention uh, caring about the community and, and simplifying some of these enigmatic concepts for the layman users and even just regular developers uh, that we might be. So huge deal, and I'm so excited to be learning more about the inner workings of the internet computer. And that's gonna, yeah, all going to be coming soon. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and, and actually, I, I really like uh, some of your, your tweets that you put out today. So you, you put out 10 tweets today where you kind of, you kind of really ask some really serious questions that nobody else in the community you know, has posed. Uh, we're going to definitely hit on those today too, which should be pretty Yeah, good. we are going to yeah. hit on those a bit later, but I, I wanted to give credit. I think you, you came across this, so you showed me this thread. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the first things we saw that was absolutely new is really the hardware initiative. Yes. So, yes. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's a, a friend of mine. His name is Jordan. Uh, I met him three years ago. He's really smart, full stack developer. Um, and this is what's really cool about the whole uh, Definity community. Everybody comes from different walks of life. So, this guy, Jordan, is a full stack developer. And one of the things I didn't get from this article that he did is he was able to determine the amount of storage capabilities that the internet computer has. So he actually did some quick math in one of his tweets and he was able to determine based on, um, let's see the RAM, let's see what he says. So at launch we'll have 896 times one, 896 terabytes times two. So he says that we're gonna be around one to two petabytes of storage to be shared on by all applications. Now this is, significantly more than what you know ethereum you know is capable you know of having it's an order of magnitude larger and actually dominic ends up responding to him and tells him it's to be closer to three to four so now we're kind of getting the first glimpses on you know the type of storage capacity that the internet computer will have to start off yeah and i, I was really impressed so for those who want to find him his his name is lastmjs.eth on twitter and he pieced this together just from public information and, and really figured this out before uh, Dominic confirmed it, and that was really cool. So good credit to him. And the other thing is about like something we learned about the hardware in the blog post. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool. They're outsourcing all of these new servers uh, to a manufacturer, and we know that what it's going to be Definity or Internet Computer specific servers. So I don't know how they're going to enforce it yet. But you caught something um, pretty cool having to do with the data that's stored on it. Mm. Oh, in the from the blog post. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, you know what, yeah, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll scroll down to it real fast. But, yeah, it was, it was just a, it was a slight concern that I had in mind. 
from reading, but let's see if I can find it real fast. So it was towards the end, and one of the, so he basically talks about you know what, what I liked also about the Dominic article is that he says the fault, what's missing from the internet computer. So he's not just if you actually read the entire thing, some people are criticizing him for being too long and all that, but he actually goes into some of the parts that the internet computer is you know where it needs to succeed, where it needs to work on. So one of the things actually, and I'll probably put a tweet out about it later, but he says that uh, features that protect, okay, so some features will be missing from the Genesis. For example, the network will activate a feature that protects the data stored on node machines from those with physical access to them. So that's one of the, one of the things that I was a little concerned about is that I was under the assumption that, you know, these node machines would be secure cryptographically by default. So I don't know why you'd have to add anything else to them. Like I wouldn't want to have my data running on some other person on some other person's node machine, because that's basically the same thing as having like an Amazon web, you know, uh, you know, you know, using an instance from Amazon web service or, you know, something along those lines. Yeah. So that was a concern of mine. Uh, yeah, big time. I, I, we do need more details on that. So yeah. they said it's kind of like flipping a switch when they're going to encrypt this kind of data, but we, yeah, we don't exactly know how it works. But, um, one of the things that I've been pretty interested in is like what really the original structure of the internet was going to look like. And I, uh, when I wrote my book, I looked back at in uh, like a 1990s app developer. And what should have happened when the internet was that early is that everyone would be able to have a server in their own home. Mm -hmm. And everyone would be able to, like if I wanted to create an app and you wanted to start a server business, then you could do that in your own home. But that was never practical because we didn't have decentralized technologies good enough to have these servers share everything. And also if I was gonna give you my app's data, I would need to make sure you were able to make really good firewalls. Mm -hmm. um, you would need to always have your power on. You would never need to be able to go it out of business. It was a process. If I had yeah. too much, if I had too much yeah. capacity and you couldn't handle it, I'd be screwed. Mm -hmm. So all these things um, were a problem. And then big tech kind of created the cloud, and here we are now. Like the internet's pretty much one big oligopoly. Uh, oligopoly. Oligopoly. Yeah. Um, but the good side of this is that now we're going to be democratizing this sort of server infrastructure and big tech is has completely been thrown out of the uh, jurisdiction of these new servers and so when uh one really interesting point when it comes to the those servers hosting data mm -hmm. um i even think this is a problem that is not just being uh, had by Definity. so i recently talked to mysterium's head of product and mysterium's a decentralized VPN has a coin and everything and they're doing something that's similar uh, basically if you get a VPN now you're going to be putting that data into the servers of the VPN hoster mm -hmm. and all that that is held in one place and the alternative to that is that I could provide a node and then put the bandwidth through my own computer mm -hmm. and I asked him I said isn't it isn't it terrible that I have someone else randomly holding my data and then he's like, uh, no, it's actually, that's the way it's supposed to be. Because if you're sending your data to someone else that's random in the world, as long as they can't tamper with it, and on Definity they can't, mm -hmm. uh, then there's no way he's, that, that person's ever going to be able to really do something terrible with it. Uh, so as far as I'm concerned, I think it's better that rather than Google holding everyone's data, I'd rather have random people around the world holding bits, bits and yeah, piece, yeah, yeah. pieces it's of my data. So they can't really put everything in the pieces of the puzzle together to find out any anything about you. that's a yeah. great point too oh is that is so that and that's uh so this is that vpn service that you're talking yeah, about mysterium they, they have, i, I, I think they're doing fantastic inter things. interesting very cool yeah yeah i know you always constantly tweet about this it. really uh that's an interesting one very cool so what else is there so we have okay so that well, was well uh, dom's yeah. been pretty active on twitter for all these things we're talking about mm -hmm. uh 
So, oh, yeah, he's been, he's been nonstop. He's all over yeah, the place. He's been, he answers everybody's questions, and he even answered uh, that guy Mike Novogratz, yes. pr- uh, rich billionaire, really, really successful Bitcoin, Ethereum investor. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, one of the he might be the, of the He space. must be the biggest uh, like Bitcoin enthusiast. Yeah, and, and uh, it looks like he's a Definity enthusiast based on his tweet over here, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. There was he a little winky a wink- face yeah. in there. <laughs> when, when's Definity coming out? Yeah. And, then, and then Dom gave a long-winded answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> But what, what do you say? What do you, what do you say? I think at the end of it, it's yeah. like the answer we always get, and that's I don't know. Oh yeah. So goes, anyway, to cut a long story short, once release of code and designs begins, people will be less bored by waiting. We're shooting for Genesis end of February. Okay, as we know. Yeah, end of February or March. He always talks about this, the chain key cryptography. Do we know about? Did he did he release any details about chain key technology? Or we cryptography? have. I mean, it's, I have no idea how it works, mm-hmm. but it's basically the guarantee that two keys are going to be able to interact with each other just like any other blockchain, but without having to store uh, the the entire the entire history of transactions on an actual blockchain. Yeah. So, ma- so imagine if me and so, you. Yeah. Tell me. Keep if, me if me and you have a Bitcoin address and we're going to exchange Bitcoin, uh, it's really resource intensive, and there's always going to be a history that I sent you Bitcoin. Uh, ch- chain key technology basically makes those two private keys interactions have the same degree of confidence that it's secure, mm-hmm. but without showing it to the whole world. So I have no idea how it works. So there will be no block explorer then? or there? Or, uh... I, I could have sworn I saw uh, Dom say there would be no block explorer. Mm. I don't know how fast the blockchain deletes. Or, yeah, because like, they, they don't keep any of that. Yeah, no, there's no, there's no like, you, you don't download the blockchain like you do with Bitcoin and Ethereum, mm-hmm. and it's a, like a forever uh, record. That's a good thing, because I'm, you know, with, even with like every single transaction you ever sent on Ethereum or Bitcoin, is always there. Yeah, that's, right in your wallet. Yeah, you can always fantastic. kind of track everything. Yeah. You, you have the transparency guarantees that are within the code, mm-hmm. uh, so you're not lo- like people think you're losing out on the transparency, but you're not at all. Uh, it's the same guarantees, and then like hopefully, no one knows how the cryptography works yet. When they yeah. releases, hopefully yeah, we'll, we'll have the information uh, on that cryptographers soon. will be able to see if it's legit, uh, which I'm sure it is. But that's. Yeah, that's Very where cool. we're okay, at. Chain so key yeah, that, we'll, we'll be doing another episode <laughs> directly on chain key technology. Sometime in the next two months, we're going to be probably we'll probably make individual videos for each of these technical papers that they start putting out. So that's really yeah. exciting. One other thing, yeah. I, I put out a tweet because Dom uh, keeps talking about the internet computer. He mentioned this a lot in the blog. Is that it has to do with protecting the world's data and compute platform oh, yes. from black swan events, and these these, these could in, but, yeah. these could include. Uh, but are not limited to like like nuclear attacks or basically any attack on one of big tech's data centers mm-hmm. or solar flares, and I I'm really worried about uh, solar flares. So for those who don't know, there's I think it happens every 60 years, but the probability doesn't change year over year. Mm-hmm. So we are due for one, uh, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen eminently. It's just that the sun, like every 60 years or so, releases this huge uh, electromagnetic pulse that goes through Earth. And we know when we had uh, telegraphs, this happened once, and everything went down, and nobody knew why. What year was this when this happened? Oh, I don't know. When, when were telegraphs around? Like 100 like the, years like ago or something? The, the 60s? Oh, the 60s, yeah, okay. Something like oh, that. Oh, that's almost like it's 60, 70 years ago. Wow. Yeah, but yeah. we are not prepared for that at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I asked Dom, like, how is Definity going to stop that? And it's not, it's not going to help if there's a full electromagnetic pulse around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's decentralized and it just glances uh the earth like let's say it gets half decentralization is going to be huge help for that and oh, wow. i mean i could just imagine so what would happen in the current landscape with the internet if there was one of these well solar things? let's assume it happened to half the world whatever big tech data centers got hit with it mm-hmm. they it would knock out huge parts of the internet 
just because they're all in one place. These server farms are huge, and you know, if one goes down, that's a huge deal. Oh wow! What happens if they all go down? If there was a, oh, a large well, enough, and then, it, then uh, apocalypse. Really would... Okay, <laughs> and that's the end of that. So yeah, yeah, we don't have to worry it, about it. Big we'll take time to rebuild. Yeah, I gotcha. Oh, yeah. is that right? Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. So, so was there the, anything else on dumps? No, well, you know what? There was actually that one thing on the democratizing of the data center that we were chatting about um, a while ago. We, we kind of talked about it, it, there might be like business models for anybody to kind of set up their own, uh, you know, their own personal little data center and earn a you know, stream of income. I wonder if that's the case. I'm wondering if, if we can just buy three or four of these nodes. I think, the no, I think these nodes are supposed to go for around six, $7,000 each. They're a set hardware. They actually have to buy from one of the manufacturers. And I'm really interested in seeing what kind of returns on investment you can get on that. And it'd be, it'd be really interesting if you can be earning a passive income. Yeah. You know, just like owning a piece of real estate, you can own a, one of these nodes. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. And, and we're going to be taking part in that. And then we'll see. Uh, like when Dominic often says it, it uh, scales infinitely. Mm-hmm. And what that means is just when there's more demand for storage, then peop- more people are going to be incentivized to be nodes. Um, but I think that's a common story across the board mm-hmm. that is driving sort of egalitarian and fi- financial freedom <clears throat> initiatives. So you ha- you could be your own business person uh, with opening these servers, which no one was able to, ever able to do, mm-hmm. like passive income from governance. And then also all these entrepreneurs coming out with ideas like Duber, which would be a decentralized Uber, Uber. or compete, competing with Lyft. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, I like it. I've nice. seen it cited. <laughs> just, I, ask, just add Decentral D yeah, yeah, before. <laughs> that's what they do. Or open social. I like we it. see yeah, it all yeah, the time. Yeah. But I mean, you could look back all the way back in, if you read academic journals about blockchain, if all the way from 2015, mm-hmm. they were saying there's going to be a decentralized Uber. Uh, maybe not Uber, because I don't know how big Uber yeah. was at the time, but yeah. like just decentralized copycats. And we no, never, cool. we yeah, never absolutely. seen them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. What's beautiful about that is you're giving even the riders and drivers yeah. along that they're going to be owning equity in these mm-hmm. sort of protocols, these these subnets, and yeah, across the board, I think it's gives Absolutely. equal opportunity for financial freedom to mm-hmm. everyone who has access to the internet. Honestly, what like if Airbnb, what was their valuation? Was Airbnb that just went public? Uh, yeah, it's valued like know. it's worth Crazy. like a hundred billion dollars. <laughs> I don't even know what it's worth. And then you have Y Combinator. They put twenty thousand dollar investment in. And their twenty thousand dollar investment is worth like three or four billion dollars. Like I think it was the greatest investment of all uh, investment of all time. Anyways, those early on drivers, it would be so cool if. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, not drivers. You know, those early on hosts, those super hosts that help the network grow. It'd be terrific if they were able to get just even a small equity percentage. So exactly. if, you created, if you created a decentralized Uber, decentralized Airbnb, and then the cool thing is they would kind of be even working like a Uniswap. Like Uniswap cannot be shut down, even if. You know, they went after the founders. That thing is just going to be constantly running, which is really cool. And if you had an an open Uber or an open Airbnb that cannot be shut down, it's just an invention that now lives on the internet. People have equity in it, and you can't stop it. You know, and there's yeah. nobody there's nobody to sue. It's just the it's just the it's just one. Of, what do you call it? Subnets is, is that the term subnets, that they're I using? Think, subnets. That's what all these platforms. What is a subnet, by the way? Just so we tell the audience. For um, just QA. I think that's the name they're calling all of the platforms. Like you would call it a blockchain or like if it was in Polkadot, it would be a power chain. But if you went off and built an open social, they would call that a subnet. A subnet. Is there a limit to subnets? Because I know there's a limit to Polkadot chains. Oh, is no. There... I mean, right now it's we, un- we okay. saw the four petabyte capacity, but yeah. that's going to improve at scale. But like Polkadot is, is terrible. What's, what's, what's Polkadot's uh, 
capacity? A hundred. Uh, a hundred power chains right now. But um, but it, it's not cl- not even close, obviously, in respects to. Uh, it's what, not it's close. Closer, more like a they're not thinking long term. Yeah. That, that's a conversation. That's for another one. Another we'll time. have the part two of the yeah Infinity yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be a good one. Yeah. That, that'd really be a good mm-hmm. one. So I guess we'll go to the one of the next topic with uh, with your tweets that you put Ab- out today. Absolutely. All right. So all right. So I I think we credit where credit is due. This is a uh, you put out some you put out some really original thoughts on it so i you know having followed the project for three four years i hear the same questions being repeated but i like your analysis on it you know and what you put out so you can go to oh thank Evan's, you thank uh, you at analysis altcoin and you could check out this thing he put a 10 part tweet you'll make it you know you'll be the i'll have retweeted as well but which one do you want to talk about first which one uh... well i, I kind of want to dig into definity a little bit because we haven't we might we don't want to be fanboys just talking only good things and there was a yeah. few concerning uh releases from that so what, what am i going to start with it was good with hardware the nice commitment to openness uh chain key technology that's that's solid one of the um things they mentioned is the difference between query calls and update calls okay so if you're programming in infinity uh the query calls are just going to be like normal millisecond requests for information pretty much and then the ones that are related to blockchain are update calls and they're going to change the state of something and my question was, uh, how are you going to run sort of live things that are going on in, in the moment? Like if a first-person shooter mm-hmm. or Fortnite, uh, where you need that millisecond sort of uh, time frame for the state to be changing. My question is, could you do that with just query calls? Um, but a while ago, they made a demo game on the internet computer called Reversi. And I played it just to test it out. It's a little board game. looks like checkers. I don't even... I don't even know the rules. I just tested it in, in two tabs, simulating two different nodes, and it was a like a good two or three second delay between that. So I would like to know how they're going to overcome uh, things that need really fast. So you had two different tabs open. You would make a move on one, and it would take two or three seconds for it to recognize that the move was, was actually happening. Exactly. Oh wow! So that's and that's on a and that simple, was a, that was an update game. call. Oh wow! Uh, so could how are we going to get around that if we maybe open internet services mm-hmm. need to be limited to things that aren't uh, real time yeah you know so the block time is about one sec or it's a half a second and then two block finality mm-hmm. so one second perhaps yeah. a little bit more uh, and that's not a mega amount of graphics there's nothing really there now can you imagine one of these Fortnite games or whatever well it shouldn't uh, matter it shouldn't it sh- matter it shouldn't matter at all no? it's just on um, the block time itself for the state to update oh, it shouldn't that, oh it's the okay i understand okay mm-hmm. uh so that was you know that's something i'd like to see a little bit mm-hmm. more details on maybe we can get an answer uh the the block you know, even, sorry to interrupt, but even in, even in terms of um, like financial transactions, even a one to two second delay time is kind of too much, right? Like when I do my Apple Pay thing, that's instantaneous. Not to not to be, I, I don't not th- to be too much of, a, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but you'd expect that too. I'd be I mean, okay waiting of, two seconds yeah. to buy my cup of coffee. <laughs> How badly do you want this coffee? <laughs> but but it, but in you know it's a, it could be it could be an issue. Well, you know people are all about convenience and other things like that and. Um, yeah, but I'm was, sure they yeah. thought this through. It's just something I'm thinking about. I would like mm-hmm. to have an answer from that. So even developers should know uh, what limitations are we going to run into with this this yeah. one second uh, or two second block finality time. Okay. The other thing was um, uh, blockchain IDs, and I was really oh, waiting yeah. for I was really waiting for something good on Definity to come out with this. And it's uh, they they use pretty much traditional methods. So you're going to have your keys. And you're going to access them either through username or password or web auth. And web auth is a standard that you'll never see, but it always exists. And 
it's it's why you don't need to sign it to every single thing. So if you sign it to one thing, then it can confirm others. Uh, so basically, you're going to sign in through conventional means. You're going to have your key, and then all the probably everything else on the internet computer will know you are you. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully, we'll see a little bit something self-sovereign uh, come yeah. out. Self-sovereign. Self-sovereign identities. <laughs> yeah, That's a that big step on. for block blockchain. You, you found something I, on I, this. I did. I did. I found uh, so actually. That is that is a huge uh, thing for blockchain. There's a number of products that are actually there's one like Urbit that's trying to have like your own little personal ID pass. You said there was one Civic. That's an older, yeah, older one. Yeah. Um, but uh, actually, and actually, that there's one of the main um, cryptographers, that guy Jan Kamenich. He invented something called Identity Mixer. It's a little bit off of what I'm gonna say, but I I could see how it could work with blockchain IDs. So he invented this thing called Identity Mixer back when he was at IBM. You know, did, you, did, did we speak about this one yet? I don't think so. Uh, I haven't heard. All this. right. So so Identity Mixer is basically, it's it's kind of like a zero knowledge proof. So you're able to tell somebody, you're able to prove something to somebody without actually having to give them any more information. So for instance, if you have an ID on your ID, I was hoping that Definity you can basically put your ID into something in the internet computer, like your own little personal thing, you can then prove to a person that you're over 21 years old, you can then have a drink. But you don't have, they don't have to know where your address is and all that stuff. That's a big deal. That's a huge thing. And actually, yeah. and that guy, Jan Kamenich, is actually the inventor of this identity mixer thing. So I was thinking that's such a great thing to incorporate into like a personal digital ID that I can keep on the internet computer. So from my in extensive constant research into Definity, I ended up coming across this thing called Sovereign. Sovereign.io. Um, I haven't heard it being advertised anywhere. The reason I found it was I got some sort of notification that somebody from Definity had added something. I forgot, I forgot the full process. It was around two years ago. And anyways, we just went to click on it today because we were talking about self-sovereign identities. And it looks like the website got a little more developed. And they're actually talking about get cycles and tokens. So you can go to it, Sovereign.io. And it says dive into the next generation of software. Get cycles and tokens for the internet computer. And there's a registration login. I was not able to register. I'm assuming you probably need some sort of access key. I'm, it's still probably internal. But that's pretty cool. Sovereign is definitely obviously going to be a personal, Yeah, they, they got to be yeah. uh, thinking about this. There's they're no way they're just they're letting some, something go out in completely conventional means. One of the things I liked in the conventional blockchain space, and unfortunately it was done by a private company, uh, but this company, SecureKey, in Canada, mm-hmm. they did exactly what you're talking about. Like, like if I go to a bar and have to show someone my ID, I shouldn't. They shouldn't be getting more data than they're bargaining for. They sh- they shouldn't have to see my birth date and uh, yeah, like l- like yeah. where I live, my yeah. eye color, and all you know yeah. all that. And when that happens online, that data is actually monetized monetized in a way that you don't want it to. SecureKey uses triple blind identity. It's basically if a bank knows who you are, credit union knows who you are, and a, like a phone service provider knows who you are. Then you're good, and everyone should be able to confirm, like by triangulating those things. Yeah. None of that data is held by any of those institutions, like about each other. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're an entrepreneur, uh, I think you're going to want to be doing the open versions of that. Have have be confirming your identity. So if there's an open social, the your social profile is going to know more about tell more about who you are mm-hmm. that you can confirm in innovative ways. Uh, than any anything else really would. So I hope self-sovereign identity. That'd be really cool. Yeah. How yeah. would it, how would it look on a user experience? Like, how, how, what what are your thoughts on it? Just like, just, I know obviously we don't really know exactly, but for instance, obviously, well, 
this thing you were talking about already exists, right? What's the product called? Secure Key. So, they they save it? banks. Have you used uh, it? No, because it's only no. in Canada. Oh, it's only in Canada. But one of the things they do is like uh, Rogers. It's the basically the phone service in Canada. It's a popular one. If you go and buy a phone right now, it's going to take you about an hour uh, just to set up all the identities mm -hmm. and stuff. If you go buy a phone in Canada and you use Secure Key, your fingerprint's going to hook up to already everything. everything. Oh wow! So and it's then, like an Apple ID, except it's but your own now, they, but it's only yours it's only and yours it's, i love that that's so, so, so cool. basically yeah. when you when you hook up the fingerprint yeah. let's say the fingerprint's hooked up to your bank yeah uh then you say to rogers hey Ro like rogers i'm me because my bank says i'm me but rogers doesn't actually see anything from the bank it's just automatically confirmed it's oh, sort of wow. like that's really cool yeah you, you, and, what was that what was that 1980s or 1990s sci-fi movie where they had a person had like an id card and it had their entire life on it so all you needed to do was scan it and it had your did you, it, oh i don't know oh, man. It sounds like twilight zone to oh, me. No. Yeah. Well, i'm sure there's an episode on that. that's right might be a bit, yeah. a bit young for if that. somebody knows please add it in the thing i'll think about it though but yeah yeah, yeah. all right cool so that's pretty interesting I one, love that. One last thing yeah, I wanted funny. to mention, I was so, so sad about this, um, was on governance. And so, I, like, I'm, I'm writing a, a book, and, what, like, a really, really heavy part of it, this has mm -hmm. been a two-year thing for me, is, is governance. Uh, there's so much information about it. The academics are so about this topic, mm -hmm. and no one's been doing it right. And this has been a conversation since even before blockchain's been around. And I kept asking the team, when are you going to release the governance paper? Or anything on governance, right? Because the, the last That's update we got yeah. was four years ago. And like, it's coming soon. It'll probably be a blog post or whatever. But we, we had to wait until this Mercury, Mercury release to get more information on it. And it was really just another historical story about why governance is important. Mm -hmm. So there was very few details. And then the one thing that was actually specific is uh, something I, I didn't like or I at least need more information on to see how it's going to work. But they said... The network nervous system, which is the main internet computer uh, governance system, is able to override the decisions of subnets. And the way that they are going to do that, because subnets have their own governments, mm -hmm. uh, governance. It's like a their open, own their own an, open, an open social will be managed by the open social users okay. and so on. And if the, the, a decision that doesn't work, the network nervous system is going to dilute the tokens. So it's going to produce more tokens on the subnet so it could have more governance tokens and override the decision. I, I didn't understand like why that would mm. be necessary or how they're going to deal with small disputes. Like if me and you were doing like uh, arguing on open social yeah. and the local governance doesn't want to recognize yeah. it, I screw you out of 10 bucks yeah. or something. Oh, just, that's a, that's something a, ridiculous. That's, that's a they bit... can't dilute the whole wow. token was supply. That, was, that in the, was that in the article? That was, that was in, in the article. The... He oh, said wow. that, that's the method by which they do it. There's, mm. But there's no way they didn't think of that. Maybe yeah. they burn the tokens after the... Yeah. the Decision is overrode or anything like oh, that. Like, oh, so maybe only a temporary thing. Th that's me that's speculating. But still, that's, I, you know, that's a lot of power to have, you know. And, it you is. Know, yeah. You have, and, you, and you have to be really careful. Actually, and this, this, there was this one incident that happened on Twitter. It was one of, one of, the, empl one of the employees, really a smart guy. I follow him. I appreciate his work. This guy's named Stanley. He had tweeted saying that uh, he was, he, what was it? What was it about that he tweeted? He tweeted about, uh, oh, he, about, I'll, about I'll, that parlor. Was it parlor? Oh, yeah. So parlor is this app for like things like conservative people, I don't, people I don't who are censored uh which is primarily conservatives went over to a separate social media okay so it's like a, it's like a twitter for i never used it i never yeah, yeah. i guess so but it, anyways I, I don't know what it was but it's nothing like it's nothing terrible right in terms of it's not like uh 
There's no. Uh, it like, depends hate. on who you ask. Yeah, uh, but, there, but there's nothing. There's nothing like to the point. Yeah, I guess. Well, that's a governance thing. Is why? Well, that, that's I, what, what makes these where topics do you draw so. The, where do you draw the line? Right? Yeah, it's so hard to answer yeah. these questions. But yeah. but what Stanley said is that he he thinks it should be shut down, but he doesn't think Amazon Web Services should unilaterally decide to shut it down, yeah. which, which is what they did. And then, and then Dominic ends up tweeting separately from it because I was I was a little I was a little concerned that. But again, it's his, it's his free thought. It's his opinion on it, which is perfectly fine. But then I noticed that Dominic tweets a day later saying they were way too heavy-handed and it's outrageous what they're doing to Parler. And Dominic is not by no means a, a Make America Great Again person, as he calls it. <laughs> but, you know, and this is, this is, and it really has nothing to do with your political beliefs, but I feel if you go too hard with governance, you end up killing the network in the first place. So, and the, and the whole point is that we kind of want everybody to kind of coexist together, right? This is the internet. Everybody's so divided. The internet should be a place where we can kind of, I don't want to see all conservative things. I don't want to see all liberal things. I want to see a mixture of everything. It's like, I want our feed to be open to everything. So I can, you know, like we can be open to everything, right? Like Absolutely. That, should, that should be like the whole goal of governance. But I guess we'll have yeah, another topic it, it on it. It should be. We're going to do separate episodes on Let's all this stuff. Once, on that, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I've been waiting for, because I'm, I guess well studied on the governance, or at least I listened mm -hmm. to what the smartest people in the space said about governance. Mm -hmm. And uh, like one of the, my bone to pick with them, even the fact that we don't have any information, is that a governance concept should be opened up to the community at the time of its conception, because this way the the rules are to be written where there's a million different things that could go wrong, mm -hmm. and you need all the people that are going to participate yeah. to tell you that's what's going to go wrong, so you could change it beforehand, yeah. but like before you implement it. Because now there's a there's yeah, there a should bias. Be rules. They should, the rules there's should come organically as yeah. yeah. No, and totally. The, yeah. Hopefully, the network nervous system could change itself to meet uh, the criteria that the community wants later. But right now, if the original rules have been set by a select few people, let's say there was ten people at Definity mm. who got to decide how the network nervous system is going to work, yeah. then there's a bias in there that's already going to come it out, have it come out the gate. Uh, with however however the rules get set are going to have the bias of the creators. So. It's literally been more than four years since we had it, and all it was was Dom's blog post, mm -hmm. and then we just got another one, and this, there's still no details. So I hope very soon we get the full uh, story of what this network nervous system is mm -hmm. going to do. Well, two months. We have... He was pretty calm. He said, end of February, beginning of March. He yeah. did say that. He was... Yes, hundred percent. So we're. But if history is any indicator, we don't oh. want to take that too seriously. <laughs> no, <laughs> they they had a long list of things to do. Before, yeah. Before well, what else do they have that? to do? They have to they have to battle test. What was it? Not battle test. Everything. They wanted to make sure everything was secure. Do all the audits. Yeah. And other stuff. Just things that yeah. we don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, just they have to keep making tweaks yeah. or some features that yeah. weren't added to Mercury yet. Well, I'll tell you what. Despite all this, the community is still very vibrant. <laughs> we have a lot of people, and you know, I do appreciate. As, I like the 67 minute thing. I, I thought it was really interesting. I like how he's so, like, he looks at every single angle. It is so unique. Does anybody look at that kind of deep, right? Into no. anything? That's like outrageous. No. He's really a one of a kind character. And, yeah. and see, what, what I think yeah. about it is he told his early story. Yeah. I, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but it was all in one place. And you could just tell he was. He was really thinking so deeply about these ideas when people when Ethereum wasn't even a big deal yet. Yeah. Dom knew yeah. already that today we would have scalability problems, and it's he maybe talked, not. So you could find them all in his old tweets or this his old project Pebble. He has an open Twitter; where you can see all of his stuff. He talked about all this stuff 
pretty open and uh, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah, it's insane how early he was. It's yeah. like really thinking yeah. ten years ahead of the yeah. curve or something like that. Yeah. And I even said the reason I'm kind of critical of their governance mechanism is because three years ago when they first came out with the original concept. I said it's the first thing that solves the blockchain paradox. Yes, and the, I love that video. And the blockchain paradox video, is yeah. like another conversation for we another add, time. We should but... add that in that one into the description here. That blockchain paradox video. Yeah. Yeah. It was the Vili paradox. It was the Vili yeah, paradox. Yeah, that was a good one. Man. It's a, it's so great. Yeah. And to this day, I haven't found another governance mechanism that's sufficient to solve it. Mm -hmm. But then again, it's a concept that's outdated by four years now, and and we haven't seen updates. Um, but he he did go mm. over the twenty year roadmap, mm. and that was how he finished the blog, which is something. Oh, yeah. If, if you uh, haven't read the blog and you don't want to read the whole thing because you don't have time, I would just read the 20-year roadmap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the last. It's only maybe four paragraphs. Yeah, it's really nothing. It would take you two, three minutes. And it was really good. He breaks it down to five, 10, and 20 years where the plan is. It's really cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, so just... you want to give him a to sneak peek? Should, uh... You want to go into it a little bit? All yeah, right, so, yeah, let's quick. go to five years. Okay, so let me see. In five years' time. Okay, so in five years' time, Everybody who's interested in tech will have heard about the Internet Computer Network, and there will be widespread understanding of its nature and purpose. Meanwhile, ever-increasing number of entrepreneurs and developer teams will choose to build mass-market open Internet services. This is the five-year, the 10-year. In 10 years' time, it will be widely recognized by the tech community that the Internet Computer is on a likely trajectory that will, like, that will one day make it humanity's primary compute platform for building service, systems and services. And that the open internet will now near certainly predominate over big tech's closed proprietary ecosystem. And the 20 year is, in 20 years time, the open internet will finally be significantly bigger than big tech's closed proprietary system, ecosystem, which will which now will be in terminal, terminal decline. decline. Terminal <laughs> decline. <laughs> I love that. Oh, but we'll take forever to disappear for a similar reason that explained why COBOL code is still running. <laughs> he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a character. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, so, it takes a lot of guts to say yeah. that. that. That's what I've been speculating as yeah. to, that's like a solid, yeah. it really yeah. is. No other blockchain project Talks is saying DeFi. they're, they're taking big on DeFi big tech. as well, yeah. Big yeah. tech and everything. Oh, by the way, speaking of DeFi, he was also big with algorithmic stable coins in 2014. If you read some yeah, of those things, fee, he, he, I remember. he was talking about fee, which was, uh, so Dominic, we're talking about Dominic. He, oh, what do we have there? Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Is that your phone? Hey, hold, on. Right yeah, yeah, hold on one second. <laughs> so yeah, in, uh, so in, back in the day, he was talking about fee, which is an algorithmic stable coin. Right now, algorithmic stable coins are such a rage right now. Everybody's talking about these seniorage coins, the other one. And he was talking about trying to implement this Hayek money into real life, you know, to try to create a decentralized dollar. Really cool. Ahead of his time, and I'm really excited about this. Cool. Yeah, cool. yeah. it's crazy stuff. So I cool. guess uh, anything else we want to add for this episode? Or? No, I think we'll just be keeping everyone in the loop as, as more uh, info comes out, because there's supposed to be a lot. Yeah. And So congrats excited. on the launch. December yeah, 18th congrats to the, the team. Day. It's the been team. a lot of years. Well done to the team. We're excited for the documentation. We can't wait for read on the governance and the other stuff. And cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a nice one.